fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to big episode number 122 of the season 4 take of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. We are acting as your lead blocker. We are paving your way to fantasy excellence, fantasy glory, fantasy relevance, fantasy playoff berths hopefully, although in my playoff world right now things are crashing down around me. It's so frustrating. My season is going down the toilet. One by one in all the leagues that I'm in. The Road Street Journal League, my season went down the toilet as soon as I drafted Joe Mixon. But the other leagues, uh, you know, just gradually, uh, a couple weeks later, I'm going down. I'm riddled by injuries, uh, and it's not going to get better anytime soon. But, of mm-hmm. course, I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Road Street himself, uh, hopefully doing a little better than me, although the bar is low. Wolf, how you doing? Oh, man, I wish I could say I was doing better. I mean, in the most part, my leagues are okay, and I've been doing, you know, I'm going to make the playoffs, and all the leagues are projected to make it so far right now, outside of maybe one. The the tough news is fucking David Johnson just being a complete bag of shit asshole, or more so Cliff Kingsbury and not David Johnson. I mean, I get it. Like, why would you reveal your plans to the NFL teams? And, like, I I don't, you know, blame the guy necessarily from a real-life standpoint, but as fantasy owners, there's nothing more infuriating than a scarecrow. And this was like the worst type of this scarecrow is, this I think a, we've ever seen. It's the biggest example of a scarecrow that I can remember seeing in quite some time. And the the shitty thing is that game was on TV. It was the national uh, televised yeah. Fox game. It goes on. I see the starting line. David Johnson in the starting lineup. I think he yeah, got okay, the first, we're good to go, first right? carry yeah. <laughs> of the game. I think he went for two yards. Like, all right, they're, they're pounding the rock with DJ. He literally never touched the ball again. Nope. And Chase Edmonds only had, what, 26 carries, 130 yards, and three scores on on everyone's bench. I mean, on my bench, any David Johnson owner probably had Chase Edmonds on their bench. Why would you have them both in your lineup? Like, just infuriating to see 34 points. I went 0-5. You know those weeks where it's literally just like – it's like fucking the Joker preparing for work, like forcing the Mm -hmm. smile, like ready to just fucking explode. You just want to hurt – you want to like hurt yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, get it. who knows it, 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 whether you did or not. Like, it's up to you at this point. But, yeah, I, I was ready to smash my face every time I looked in the mirror. Oh, and five is just I, not a great feeling at all. So, and, and to just cap it all off, one of the, the leagues I lost in was because Melvin Gordon fumbled at the fucking goal line. I lost by after, one point. After five. being o- overruled. Uh, on touchdowns twice before that i think exactly like even if he didn't score whatever that's fine don't score you just you just couldn't you just couldn't absorb the negative two i i couldn't take negative two i lost by like 1.94 it was literally like within 0.06 that's terrible pathetic outing but like yeah it it was just one of those weeks where it was like i don't know what i did to you fantasy gods i Uh, hope i've I've paid for my sins whatever i have done there is no rhyme or reason as we know i'm just nervous you know i hope it doesn't linger yeah i don't know what i did but i did something to the fantasy gods (laughs) i mean my my starting backfield in my hometown league which is the one i care the most about i rolled out david johnson and uh, David Montgomery. 
Oh, David Montgomery can't be in your lineup anymore. Like, there's you just can't. Four touches. No, this never. Week, dude. But I mean, I'm running out of players. I mean, it seems like every player I have, you're like, well, you can't play him anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just don't have any That's more players. Shitty team. I, I mean, right? It's it's a shitty team. I had Mark Andrews, who I don't know if you happen to catch him. You know, I I, I don't know how many Four balls you can have hit a guy in the chest and and just drop. <laughs> Eventually, they just benched him because he sucked. Yeah, uh, and I was, yeah, it's fucking you know, tough, man. So I mean, I, every player I had just, you know, just unspeakably terrible. Um, and then I, you know, the- and, and Dante Pettis zero zero. And and I, you know, what the worst part of that was is I actually thought for a second of going to Corey Davis of all fucking people, Corey Davis. Why not return to the guy? If I had gone to Corey Davis instead of Dante Pettis, I would have won. won. Right, sure. And so, of course, I picked Corey Davis up this week to face Tampa Bay, and I guarantee you, if he touches my lineup, and he might, it's yeah, a good honestly, matchup. He's going to get zero. You, that's karma. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. You I sh- shouldn't have picked him up. I got to cut him. I got to send you him can't, right back. You, got, you can't like, do that. You've gone <laughs> on record too many times as hating the guy with good reason. You got to. You got to get rid of Corey. Exactly. Davis. So he's just going to tease me and be like, "I could have won you the week. Now let me lose you this one." Like, oh god, I fucking hate Corey Davis yeah, already. I know to, I'm going to play him, and I know he's going to lose. Me. He needs to like, get out of the NFL right now. All right, it's 728 on a Wednesday. we got Survivor coming up at 8. We're going to see if we can buzz through this uh, and get through a, a pretty serious trainer's room, and then obviously we'll go higher, lower, Hail Mary, and mailbag. Uh, the trainer's room, it, it's a, you know, a lot of people that are important are in the trainer's room, and we're going to kick it off with Josh Gordon, a guy that I own some stock in this year, a stock that you know is just completely gone in the toilet. And Josh Gordon was just put on injured reserve by the Patriots. Allegedly not that serious of an injury. I think this is basically just IRing him is a way of saying you're terrible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on. He's been terrible all year. He's been terrible since 2013. I saw like a tweet about how he had more yards, more touchdowns, more catches in 2013 than he has in every single year since then combined. Like it's been just a no show. It's a great phantom that everyone's love chasing because he's big. He including us. Well, look, we've bought in every and, year. Including us, of we course. We bought in every year. Yeah, why not, right? Like he's always worth the stab until he's finally fucking not. And ever since I've seen the first couple of games of the Patriots, I've been out on this guy. I've been calling him cuttable for the last three to four weeks. So hopefully he got ahead of the curve and didn't burn this roster spot for all these weeks uh but ultimately now you know they're saying he's going to be waived and maybe could get picked up pretty soon by another team but do you really fucking care i mean i, I don't no. know where he'd end up for me to actually care because i just don't think he's any good anymore all this does in my opinion clears more paths for guys like mohammed sanu who just you know arrived here could become that clear-cut number two receiver dorsett's been killing it on very limited work he's been one of the more efficient receivers in the league, he gets more volume, more snap counts there with him out there. And Nikhil Harry is going to be coming off the IR soon. So if you've been, you know, that IR spot in your fantasy leagues, maybe you had him stashed. Now he's going to have a more open path to target. So they, they've got some intriguing weapons with no real consistency outside of Edelman right now. But a lot of these guys could emerge for some nice stretch run value, especially with this roadblock of Josh Gordon's phantom, you know, not taking up any more space at this point. All right. Well, good riddance to him. And I did, by the way, before this happened, I did hate cut him. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, good. So I did. It was cathartic. Did it feel good? Yeah. I was, you know, I was just like, <laughs> what, am, what am I doing? What am I hanging on to this for? You know, I was a different man in 2013 and, you right. know, I had different life priorities and stuff like that. You know, there was a lot of stuff that was, <laughs> you know, 2013. That's funny you think, though. Like, who were you in 2013 when Gordon was actually relevant? Like, what, were we still at Kip at that point? Probably, Absolutely. Right? I Absolutely. I was yeah, at Kip. I was together. at Kip. I, I won my last <laughs> basketball title in 2015. So, I mean, I was I was at Kip for three more years after that. I mean, that was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Anyway. Now we're revealing our true identities to the world in the case they didn't know it. Right. Bed. <laughs> I know. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. At least I'm already, at least I'm already so retired. Like, where, where were we in 2013? How fuck old was I at 2013? You I think like, I was like 23. Like 16, so 17? I was like, yeah, exactly. No, I think I was literally fresh out of college, like blacking out, going to Fresh Taste of Asia, singing karaoke every oh, Friday. God, I used to go to Fresh Taste of Asia all the time, man. Can't Great believe karaoke. I never. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, what a, what a toss up. All right, here we go. Uh, Raiders coach John Gruden said Josh Jacobs is questionable for Week Eight's game against the Texans. He's had shoulder problems. Uh, man, the the Raiders got stomped like curb stomped by uh your boy aaron Rodgers last week just on a yeah. separate thing your boy who you were like oh you're sucking off Rodgers, blah 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 blah. it's like i don't know i i, I kind of came out on top on that one <laughs> yeah i mean good god five touchdowns and then another one on the ground like what 50 almost 50 fantasy points i think 48 in my league at least just an insane outing perfect passer rating Rodgers, but that's what he does he does it against fucking shit ass secondary shit ass and teams. always like, at home too. good for you Rodgers. what's that always at home too Always at home, too. Exactly. Yeah. So good for you. You beat up on the fucking pathetic Raiders secondary. Uh, but the one shining spot for the, the right. Raiders, or I should say one of two. Josh Jacobs has been one of them. Darren Waller, of course, the other one. Those two have been the engine of this offense. So if he's removed, you got to wonder what this attack will look like. We're going to talk about – actually, we might as well just mention Tyrell Williams did practice yeah. today. So he's now on path to, to play again. He scored in all four of the games he's played in so far. But – Ultimately, Jacobs being out would be would be a tough blow. I don't expect him to miss time. He, he had this shoulder injury and then came back in against the Packers and looked great doing it. But Gruden made sure to emphasize, you know, he was shot up. I uh, had to get a you know a numbing shot to keep playing. And then he said this wasn't just a rest day on Wednesday. It's a very legitimate ailing shoulder. There's four linemen right now banged up and potentially going to be out too. So as great as you know Josh Jacobs has been, and as, as much as I love the workhorse volume he's getting, if he's a little bit dinged up and playing behind this awful offensive line, I wouldn't be shocked to see a smaller workload. Uh, just And that's even assuming he's active. So definitely something to track getting into to the Wednesday, uh, in, on Wednesday going into the weekend for sure. All right, going back to the Packers real quick. Uh, Lafleur says that Devontae Adams, due to this turf toe thing he's got going on, his status could go right up to game time. So that's another great uh, you know indicator for all fantasy owners out there, including myself, who owns some Devontae Adams stock. Um, and and going back just really quickly to Rodgers, let's not forget that what Rodgers did, he did with just a, a who's who assortment of people that are barely even NFL receivers. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, it's not, you know, and, and Brady can relate to this, like having had just such a decimated receiving core. But, I mean, it really does speak to Rodgers' greatness that he's able to put up numbers like this, throw into like, what's his name, uh, Lazard, uh, or whoever <laughs> whoever all these guys are, like Marquez Valdez-Scandling was the best receiver he had going. That's pretty good. Yeah, right. His fucking greatness against pushover, like dummy bags. Yeah, sure. Like, hey, good, listen, good for Rodgers. One okay, more you time. could give Joe Flacco, like Randy Moss and Jerry Rice in his prime, and he'd still well, go two Joe for Flacco. 45 with like six yards. Who's calling Joe Flacco good? That guy is literally, I, I love to call him sewage. Like, he reminds me of sewage. I look at him and I think of a gaping I'm, sewage. I'm going to tell you right now. Hole. His game against the Chiefs was about the worst I've seen someone play quarterback until I saw Sam Darnold play quarterback on Monday. And then it <laughs> Immediately yeah, took over and I was start. like, well, yeah. you know what? Joe Flacco had the title for about four days. And then Sam yeah. Darnold was like, nope. 
<laughs> I know, exactly. At least Darnold was against one of the best defenses that's ever existed in the game, at least statistically the best that's ever played. We'll see how that pans out when they actually face some decent teams. But like yeah, Blackwood, no excuse. The Chiefs secondary is like awful, and he still looked that bad. Well, so, he was yeah, probably I mean, intimidated yeah. because you know he knew Mahomes would just march him down. The f- oh, wait, Mahomes was injured. He was facing Matt Moore. I know we got an intriguing note on Mahomes coming up soon, but in terms of yeah, Devontae, let's talk about Devontae Adams, Adams. Go ahead. Devontae Adams of the Packers. I mean, they do have a great speaking of the Chiefs, a great matchup coming against the Chiefs, who have been better on the secondary, more so because they're generating a better pass rush up front. That D line has been upgraded, but still Adams would be in a smash spot. There's no corner that could really cover him. I do like that they're truly waiting till he's a hundred percent. Why rush him at this point? And because of that, I don't know if I expect him to play. Now you want to make note this game is on Sunday night. So if you're gonna wait for Adams, and he is a guy that's worth waiting for, hopefully you can find a Lazard or a you know, somehow if MBS or Geronimo, they're probably not sitting out there after their big blowups the last week. But if somebody, you know, Jake Kumaru, even someone like that, you need to have a backup plan. Maybe Hardman or one of the Chiefs cute wide receivers has been dropped. Uh, but just make note that the fact that Adams isn't gonna be, you know, cleared right up to game time, it sounds like. And that's a Sunday night game, your options will be very limited. So you want to get that backup plan set now. All right, Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook dealing with ankle injuries. They were both sidelined for Wednesday's practice. I mean, this puts, you know, the Kamara thing, I kind of put this in the same category with with Drew Brees, whereas, you know, I feel like Bridgewater's done a good enough job where there's no reason to rush him back. Obviously, Brees isn't going to lose his job, but you you wait till the guy is completely 100%. They're, they're playing with yeah. house money a little bit. I feel the same way about Kamara. I feel like if he's not 100%, they should roll out Latavius Murray and they shouldn't take a chance. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? 100%. And I'm going to dive into Latavius Murray a little bit more later. Sneak preview. He's my higher running back of the week. I can't wait to talk about what a monster he is when he finally sees volume. Uh, but Alvin, same idea because they both also have the week nine bye coming right after this week. Like you get a two week rest period. If he's out there, it means, like you're saying, he's got to be 100% because there's really no reason to have that golden setup. Let's rest him one more week, get a second week right after. Yeah, three weeks off, and he should be, you know, right back to 100%. I imagine that's what they do. Although they did cut Zach Zenner today, I don't know if they even have a number two running back now at this point behind Murray. So that does, you know, the tea leaves suggest maybe Kamara would be back out there. And, and Drew Brees, as we see in this last note, may right. be a game time decision against the Cardinals too so i do think exactly what you said they'd have to be 100 percent to play so if they play you got to feel very confident rolling either guy out against a pathetic cardinals defense that can get beat through the run through the pass through every which way and jared cook of course you know we we talked about endlessly how great a stream against the arizona tight ends are giving up over eight points more than the next closest defense against tight ends so if he plays obviously lost near lineups and even if he doesn't that means josh hill who had a touchdown last week in his absence would be a smash spot as well especially on DraftKings and different streamers if you're desperate at tight end all right adam thielen out for week eight against the redskins thursday night i believe he caught one pass for like 25 yards and a touchdown last week uh, it's a hamstring mm-hmm. injury. I always hate seeing that. You know, you never know. Those tend to linger a little more than we're comfortable with. But he's out. Um, by the way, did you know that Kirk Cousins has the highest quarterback rating in the NFL? Of the entire season or just over the last no, few weeks? No, he's, he's the top guy. I would never have guessed yes, that. I, know no, you I had never, no I, I know you would not have guessed that. And I mean, can you, can, Is it? I mean like, it wasn't like three weeks ago weren't like to a person – Anybody who talked about football, including us, was just like, Kirk Cousins sucks. He's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, if not for him, the Vikings would be great. And then, like, 
I mean, he's been like lights out for three weeks in a row all of a sudden. And I mean, they've already got Dalvin Cook and everything. All of a sudden, the Vikings are just on a tear. And now Kirk Cousins, I saw an article today that said Kirk Cousins is an MVP candidate. What? Oh, God. Come What's on. going on? Dalvin Cook. Mate. What Dalvin year is Cook it? could be a, a genuine MVP candidate. Not Kirk Cousins. I know he's looked beautiful, but we've seen this before in his NFL career. He'll light up three bad defenses in a row, and he gets a fourth bad defense you know, this week, too. But he, I remember it was like a couple years ago. I think it was against the Bills when they were horrible. Like, you remember that game where Cousins was on a tear? Oh, sure. The Vikings were the next thing, and then he goes into the Buffalo and gets steamrolled like 44 to nothing against a winless Buffalo team. I remember like, that. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if that's Washington this week on Thursday night. Uh, being without Thielen certainly doesn't help his case. It's nice that Thielen was ruled out because just as early as yesterday, they were saying there's a chance he plays. But then it's like, is this a David Johnson decoy situation? At least we don't have to deal with that. We know he's out. We can make our streaming plans uh, well ahead of time now. And so that means Stephon Diggs emerges as that clear cut number one target hog. Another 140 yard day last week after three touchdowns the week before Diggs is really just starting to come into his own, and he should have another field day against a Redskins team, giving up the 10th most points to wide receivers. Behind him, uh, whatever this name is, all of BC Johnson. Sure, I probably sure. butchered that. I apologize. I apologize. Good friend of the podcast, all of BC Johnson. I, I hope you still come on next week. Uh, but he scored a touchdown in the absence, moved into the slot a bit once Thielen was removed. So against, again, that pathetic Washington defense. If you're that desperate, we're talking about Hail Marys here. I didn't actually have him on the Hail Mary list, but hey, he belongs there too. Could make a play, could score a touchdown if you're doing those, you know, DraftKings Thursday night matchups. Take a look at that guy. Uh, ultimately, though, yeah, it's nice dealing was ruled out well ahead of time for you to make your plans. Uh, and just getting back to that quarterback thing we talked about. Kirk Cousins, number one in QB ranking. Number two, Russell Wilson. Number three, Pat Mahomes. Any guesses on number four? Uh, not Tommy. He hasn't looked that great this year. No, Tommy's uh, way, way down there. Number four on passer rating? Behind Cousins, know, Wilson, and Mahomes. And I'll give you a uh, hint. Deshaun Watson and Rodgers are 5'6". Five, 5'6", six. Five, six, so this guy's right ahead of them? Is it somebody I would even know? Is it like a complete, like, oh, I'll be shocked shit, if you get this. this. Is it, is it, ah, oh, fuck, like... Something like crazy, like Mason Rudolph or something like stupid. You know, he's, number, he's eighth, actually. Not a, not a Is he really? He's eighth. <laughs> Who's number four? I, I have no idea. We would have accepted Kyle Allen. Kyle oh, Allen. Wow. Number four. And that goes to show like, <laughs> how valuable is quarterback rating as a stat. I mean, it, it is great to see these guys. Well, Kyle I Allen's think, undefeated, I believe, as a quarterback. He is. No, four so no. It, it is it, pretty valuable. No. I, I think so. I, I meant that more so in terms of predicting fantasy success. When right. we look at this, like Kirk Cousins was useless in ruining weeks for you in fantasy. Kyle Allen was ruining weeks. I guess that's why you never see it as a fantasy stat because clearly it has no correlation to fantasy success. Right. Fact, and just, and just to, some, just to right. further drive that point home, number 16 on the list, Case Keenum, just ahead of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, my God. 17th in quarterback rating, by far the best quarterback in fantasy right now. David Johnson, ankle problems, back problems, Mo money, more problems. He's got a lot of problems. He's not practicing Wednesday. Uh, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. This is just the stuff of nightmares. 
It really is. And I just, you know, as an owner who has Chase Edmonds in almost every league, even not in my biggest league, but even there, it's just like, just rest the guy for the love of God. Don't make us go through another. Is he playing? Is he not? Because it's like you have to have David Johnson in your lineup pretty much if he's playing. And if he, oh God, I, it just, that would be PTSD. I don't know if I can put him in my lineup and then I don't. And he has like 120 and two and is back to vintage David Johnson. The fact that they go out and sign Alfred Morris and then they also sign Zach Zenner tells me that David Johnson probably isn't going to be playing why would you bring in three you know two other ship i'm running back these are not (laughs) they're not your like top shelf guys no not at all uh so ultimately i don't expect johnson to go and i i wouldn't i'd like to see him rest it's a tough matchup the saints are giving up the 30th most points to running backs next week it's san fran like the next four games for johnson or any cardinals running back are by far the hardest they're 30 31st 29th 31st again they get san fran twice like if you want to rest the guy for four weeks that's fine too then they have their bye get him fully healthy for the last three weeks of the season whatever it is as a fantasy owner that you know that's what i would love to see if he sits chase Edmonds becomes that, you know, right on the RB1 radar after we saw last week, 126 and three TDs. Like you have to feel great about Chase Edmonds as a, as a workhorse. This offense is typically operated all year with a workhorse back. So, you know, whoever's in there, it's a one back system. And, and I would love to have Chase Edmonds in my lineup. It would be a top 15 play as soon as we know what Johnson's status is. As long as he's out, uh, Chase Edmonds should be locked in the flexes in RB2 spots, definitely. I'm in a deep dive on this quarterback rating thing right now while you're talking. And this, this, You'll appreciate this. Here's the bottom five guys. Josh yeah. Rosen is last. Sam, shocking. You can't really blame anybody. That, I mean, so two of the last four guys are Fitzpatrick and Rosen. So the, 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 the two Miami track. quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> Sam Darnold is next to last. Uh, Cam Newton, 30th overall. And then Deserted. number 32 overall, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, wow. And then 16 full be. points below Mitch Trubisky, by the way. Wow, pathetic. That's how bad Baker is. like horrendous, too. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, but, so but Baker is substantially worse than him. I'm I'm facing the Patriots defense this week in, uh, in my big league, and that just terrifies the shit out of me. Like, he's going to throw Baker? a Darnold through four picks, like Baker. Yeah. Oh, I'm facing, Well, I'm not playing Baker. No, oh, God, okay. no. I'm, I'm just facing the team defense, oh, okay. and they're going to turn the motherfucker over, like, at least six times. Like, oh, no, yeah. no doubt about it. No question about it. Uh, Pat Mahomes, knee injury, still limited in practice Wednesday. No one's really expecting him to play against the Packers. I don't think so. That would be just insane. But, you know, Andy Reid still hasn't ruled the guy out. But, yeah, you're right. Like, he's not going to play yet. But it just is another sign that when, you know, Adam Schefter tweeted out they're optimistic he could be beat even that three-week timetable. It's looking like whether it's next week or, you know, maybe they get two weeks rest. I just can't imagine. Why would you ever put this guy out there unless he's, you know, completely 100%. This is the face of your franchise, the face of the NFL even For the next right 10 now. Years. So exactly. Like there's no reason in the least to risk this guy. Uh but the fact that he's limited and actually practicing right now is a great sign that you're going to get him back much sooner than you might have expected just a couple weeks ago. So Sam Darnold with a toe injury was sidelined for Wednesday's practice. Chris Herndon, uh, hamstring, he was limited in practice. So now we know why Darnold didn't do as well again. He's got a toe problem against the Patriots. Yeah, otherwise, of course. otherwise, I'm sure he would have lit him the fuck up. But and seriously, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen? I'm not sure I've seen pa- that many passes that bad in a football oh, game. Yeah. I mean, like he was missing guys. I'm not even just talking about the picks. Like when he was th- he was threw some balls to Robbie Anderson on the sideline, and I mean, look, Robbie Robbie wasn't doing him any favors, but I mean, he was throwing the ball eight nine feet over the guy's head. 
then yeah. he then he would like underthrow him by like six feet. I mean that the interceptions the Patriots were getting. They couldn't believe the ball was coming to them. They were just like, exactly. really? It, Are you really going to throw it over here? It was here? so bad. It was, yeah, like you mentioned, one of the worst quarterbacking performances you'll ever see. Uh, and I they mic'd him up. You're right. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy this young to get mic'd up. And like, and now we realize he's haunted. You know, ghosts haunting him. Ooh, Sam Darnold. Like, what a what a pathetic thing to you say. You know what he's live not? Air. You know what he's not? He's not brave. No, he is not brave. <laughs> he said so on air. He is, no one could ever say he's brave. Sam Darnold's no. so brave. No, he's not. He's scared yeah. of ghosts. He's scared of ghosts, folks. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be sidelined. Ultimately, I know how shitty he was, and it was disgusting, puke-worthy to watch. But if he's out, that does hurt this offense significantly. I, again, this was the Patriots' defense, a team that's given up only 48 points through seven games. Uh, for context, the next closest, the next best defense through the first seven games was um, the Baltimore Ravens with 75. So it's like, I mean, they are just dominating at different levels. I get the competition has been pathetic. It's been but terrible. Still, it's still impressive. It's still extremely impressive. I, I, one stat I heard they they would be three and three if their offense didn't even play three three and one if their offense didn't play. Like that, that's how good. But that do you know? Is. Do you know the record of the teams they've played so far? Oh, horrible! I get no, it. They're, like, they're, it's the teams they've played, they played seven games. The teams they've played are a combined twelve and thirty. And keep in mind, yeah. one of them's the Bills, who are five and one. So take that one away. There's seven. The teams they're playing against are seven and twenty nine. Like they yeah. average oh. like one win, and keep exactly. and and like the and and they've played each other. Like Washington has one win because they played the Dolphins, who they've also exactly. played. They played the Jets <laughs> twice. They played the Dolphins. They played the Washington. It's pretty bad. And they're still but this amazing. Is still, I mean, Darnold did just put up 330 against the Cowboys, who have at least a mediocre defense. They just stifled Sam Darnold. So it's not like they oh, have ghosts. done nothing. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was – I think this defense really is oh, a very, great. very impressive great unit. Great And defense. I think – yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, but ultimately, all that's to say is Darnold. Uh, this shouldn't be the performance we totally judge him on. I'm more looking at his first week and especially that week against the Dolphins and what that means for guys like Jameis and Crowder, Robbie Anderson. If Darnold's out, I think this is going to be his butt you know, fumble unusable. game. I think this. I'm seriously. You think man, this is the one that just tortures him? And I just mean, ends his he's going to have to do something. He is going to have to do something to change the narrative. Like this, everybody saw that. Okay. So he's got to do something now where like, when you think of Sam Darnold, this isn't what you think of. And we'll, we'll see if he's able to do that because, you know, once Sanchez did that butt fumble thing, like, did you ever think of anything else? Ever for the no, rest of, of his career? No, of course not. I think Darnold will get it back together. I'm, I'm a believer in this guy. I hope Gase gets it right for him. Uh, he's got the unicorn Chris Herndon back this week, most likely, uh, who was limited in practice. Uh, the first time actually practicing on the actual team, not running routes alone and tearing his hamstring like a fucking loser. Uh, ultimately, he should be back. If Darnold plays with, uh, with the toe, who knows what the hell the deal is with that. Uh, he's probably not usable this week, but the schedule is still so easy uh, coming down this stretch here that I know obviously you don't want that type of garbage from last week on your team but there is still if you can just look past it there's a great great opportunity for all the Jets wide receivers and for Sam Donald down the stretch run here starting with a, a weak Jaguars defense without Jalen Ramsey all right we already talked about Tyrell Williams returning to practice on Wednesday so we won't hit that again I mean obviously he, that helps the Raiders a decent amount uh, Washington running back Adrian yeah. Peterson due to his ankle questionable for week eight against the Vikings AP kind of seems like maybe he shouldn't be in the NFL anymore but he is questionable 
And he still is actually somewhat fantasy relevant because Bill Callahan wants to run the most ancient offense we've ever seen. AP's racked up 43 carries over the last two weeks, so he's averaging 21 and a half. He's reached 199 yards in those two games combined. So, I mean, there is something there. Even if he doesn't look great, even if he doesn't deserve that volume, it is there for whoever's starting. So if he's out, that means Wendell Smallwood isn't like the worst play, at least in DFS, because of how run heavy they are. Now, maybe Cousins gets up big. They have to abandon the run early. But if AP plays, you know I love a good old revenge game. This is like the ultimate revenge game of revenge games. you got AP against the Vikings. You've got Cousins against the Redskins. And you've got gunslinging Case Keenum against his former team. Team as well, so three revenge games. I can't wait for Thursday. All right, <laughs> let's talk about Bengals reporter Ben Baby. Is that a real name? I can't believe I didn't even notice that that was his name. I just copied and pasted it off the news. Wow, Ben Baby. Yeah, apparently that's a real name. <laughs> All right, Bengals reporter Ben Baby reports AJ Green is unlikely to play Week Eight against the Rams. Thoughts? Uh, so he's not going to play, and I wonder if it's his last snap ever as a Bengal just because the trade deadline's looming. We've seen lots of action going on right now. Uh, so ultimately, yeah, I mean, A.J. Green, this might be the last time the Bengals have ever seen this guy. I hope he gets moved. I hope he gets to somewhere like the Packers, uh, even the Raiders, or somewhere where there's a, a competent quarterback. Um, you know, he's expected to be held out through that Week 29 bye week. So let's see this guy get moved. Let's get him some fantasy sparks for the rest of the season. All right, we're going to move to higher. Lower and Hail Mary uh, now that we've cleared the board of all of our training room mishaps. And there have been many. Um, so we're going to start uh, real quick with uh, the record last week. Two and two at QB, three and two running backs, four and two wide receivers, tight ends. Uh, you know, he was correct. One on, and two. Uh, for what? Tight ends? Yeah, one and two. Yeah, okay. I didn't put that there. Sorry. Okay, no, it's, right at, the, it's at the end. I mean, it's there. I just yeah, had to like work yeah. for it, and I wasn't willing to work. Right. So 10 and 7 on the week. <laughs> I've been above 500 every week so far, which is what you're kind of aiming for, right on 60% or so on the season. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Well, let's get right into QBs uh, higher. Um, there's a week of Hail Marys that we got coming up here. All the guys the Wolves hire on there, under 20% owned. That's pretty cool. Uh, so we're going to see right. what's up. Daniel Jones, 33% owned at Detroit. You got him as your QB 12. That's five higher than the so-called experts. I got to admit, I'm surprised to see this is your guy that you're higher on. But go ahead. I, I know he's made us look kind of like a moron. Uh, you know, after that Tampa Bay game, he's done literally nothing. He's been garbage. But I still think the raw talent is there. He's made some throws that just make you say wow and now he's getting against a, a finally a nice matchup he's had a murderer's row of matchups since that tampa bay game and he's been without his full complement of weapons for a lot of that now they're all fully healthy sterling shepherd even should be back this week and he's going against detroit we just saw Kirk cousins bomb this team for four touchdowns they're surrendering the ninth most points to quarterbacks and that was when they were fully healthy now you remove two starters out of their secondary darius slay with a hamstring probably not expected to play quandre Diggs gets traded to seattle their, their safety so even when healthy they were getting bombed by quarterbacks now they lose two of their top cover guys uh despite sucking with the you know the best matchup he's had since that tampa bay game with his full complement of weapons back i like danny dines to go for you know close to 302 scores because i think stafford can keep it a shootout style game too i love the, the game flow of this one guy you're lower than Gardner Minshew, who, by the way, was one spot above Tom Brady in the quarterback rating uh, extravaganza, playing the Jets this week. QB 18 for you. That's six lower than the experts. They like him a little more than you. 
Um, why so down on Gardner Minshew, Wolf? Why? I think he, I don't get the love for Gardner I don't Minshew, either. to be honest. I, I, I think I it's because he has mustache. a mustache. Seriously. Uh, he, he looks like a, a baller because of the mustache. I mean, the stories about him working out in a jock strap and like all these other great stories about the guy have kind of built up this legacy that you want to have Gardner Minshew in your lineup because it's just a, a leader and he's a locker room fantasy locker room presence. But ultimately, the guy hasn't done all that much, especially as of late. Sure, he put up close to 20 points against the Bengals last week, but everybody does that. And when you look at the game it really wasn't that good he has around 47 and a half percent completion percentage over his last two uh and so if you're ranking him as qb12 as the experts are that means you have him as a qb1 and i just see so many better matchups this week the jets have been surprisingly decent against quarterbacks they've given up 15 or fewer points to four out of the six guys they've faced and those are qbs like wentz brady josh allen so i mean if they're holding those guys to it i really don't expect gardner Minshew to suddenly top 15 points against that so even though the floor is okay the Jets have been much more uh, susceptible to the run. So I see a big four net day. I see a mediocre at best Minshew day. So definitely not a top 12 quarterback as the experts have him ranked right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't get the Minshew. I get why people want to like Minshew, but that's different right. than actually whatever. And so, I mean, when we go to your Hail Mary, I mean, I have one question, which is, I mean, like, is that, um, what's his name? Is that Ryan Tannehill's music I hear? <laughs> He queued it up for him. I hear him coming down the alleyway. Folks, Ryan. Yeah, there's Ryan Daniel. At wow, 13% yes. old. That's right. He's still in the NFL. <laughs> he is still in the NFL, folks. Uh, fresh off the junkyard, Ryan Tannehill. But look at what the guy has done these last couple weeks. He's had over 80% completion percentage since coming in for Mariota two weeks ago. He had a nice 312 yards, two scores in his first starts. And he really just kind of stabilized this offense. Didn't do anything crazy. Didn't have to make any insane throws because Arthur Miller, whatever the guy's name is, uh, their offense coordinator, Arthur Smith, I believe the name is, just puts him in high percentage situations, gets the ball into his wide receiver's hands and guys I hate like Corey Davis uh, are getting stuff done over the middle of the field. AJ Brown is a nice compliment there. Jonu Smith, their tight end looks really athletic and the Bucks. I mean, uh, I'll be outside of Ryan Tannehill. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is when you're facing the Bucks. They're allowing a league high 318 passing yards per game. And that's after a solid first two weeks since then they've given up 34, 25, 27 and 17 fantasy points. And that's to Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater and Kyle Allen. Not not on anybody's top ten list outside maybe Goff in the NFL right now. So if those guys can get you know twenty five plus fantasy points and Kyle and Ryan Tannehill fresh off a twenty point day himself can get you know that type of uh, against a decent defense of the Chargers, I think this guy could really have twenty five point upside against the Bucks, which is insane. Definitely some streaming appeal if you're desperate at QB this week. All right, let's talk running backs. Latavius Murray, you mentioned earlier, is the guy you're higher on. He's playing the Cardinals. You got him as your RB9. That's five spots higher than the experts. I feel like this hardly even needs an explanation, but go ahead. I just am surprised he's not ranked in everyone's top 10 because whenever he's gotten volume, the guy's averaged over 80 yards in a TD no matter what team he's on. Then you put him on the supersonic sink, like the insane backfield. They Sean Payton's consistently schemed up 60% of his work, whether it's through the pass game or rushing game, goes through the backfield. They have one of the top lines in the NFL, especially at run blocking, especially at getting out front and screens. And this guy's fresh off 150 total yards, two TDs on 32 monstrous touches. So whenever that backfield 
you know, they're both always valued. Backfields are always been valuable, even in a split timeshare. But when one guy can monopolize those touches, it makes them just insane. So the fact that he's not a lock top 10 by every single expert, assuming Kamara's out, blows my mind. Now, maybe the guy will come back, but he missed practice today. They did release center. But I just, again, as you mentioned, I just don't see them rushing this guy back when they have the bye lingering next week. So I think it's another monstrous effort against a bad Arizona team uh, for Latavius Murray. Another two TDs coming this week. All right. Well, Royce Freeman against the Colts. You, he's guy you're lower on. You got him as your RB30. Eight spots below the experts. Uh, that seems too high to me, if I'm being honest. But go ahead. Isn't that insane? Like, why is he the RB22 in the ECR right now? I get. He I don't even think he should be the RB30 on the Rose Street Journal list. I mean, no way. The Colts have a good defense, and the Broncos suck. In exactly. Every, the math isn't uh, hard there. But if you want the numbers to paint that picture, I mean, anyone with eyeballs can see exactly what you said. But to have the, the numbers there, the Colts are 26th against the uh, the run uh, or 26 most points allowed. So very few points. And that's with Eckler dropping 36 on them in week one. Since then, they've just been a beast against the run, even without their stud linebacker, Darius Leonard. They hadn't surrendered 11 points to a running back. You know, Devonta Freeman Jacobs hit 11, but nobody topped that. Damien Williams, 5.3 last week. Duke Johnson 6.6 Carlos Hyde 3.5 so I mean that has been decent offenses without running backs doing anything decent I mean some of the better offenses in the league uh, a lot of those now you go to sewage Flacco and expect there to be a game flow to to really favor Royce I guess the one saving grace there is if they get down big early Royce Freeman has been operating as that lead pass catching back so maybe he gets a lot of dump offs and he kind of gets to his eight fantasy points that he's been averaging every week but I how could he be a running back 22 a a quality number two running back in your lineup? No way. Uh, it's just disgusting to me that the, he's ranked as high as he is. I feel like if they did a remake of Shawshank Redemption when Andy Dufresne's crawling through that tunnel of shit, Joe Flacco would just be in there like about halfway down just like, hey, Andy. It's like, hey, Joe. That's, just that's, I got to make a video of Cortland Sutton like swimming <laughs> through that, that, that exactly, that, that sewage. Flacco's just in there and it doesn't even bother him, really. Right. Somebody, exactly. somebody. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they said if you look at Flacco closely uh, in the game against the Chiefs, like he would, he threw a ball and it got like batted at the line, and like he was like noticeably scared of the ball, like coming back, like his <laughs> eyes got like big and stuff, and he just looked frightened. So pathetic. <laughs> All right, JD McKissick. <laughs> oh God, he's terrible. JD McKissick, <laughs> hail Mary versus the Giants, RB forty-one, seven above the experts. Sure, why not? Why not? I mean, the, the Giants are giving up the fifth most points to running backs. We just saw Chase Edmonds murder this team. So if if the Daniel Jones prediction pans out and game flow gets the lines down early, McKissick's already been operating as that top pass catching back. So six to eight reception upside maybe gets a score as they've been bled by running backs on the ground all year. I wouldn't be shocked to get a nice, useful game out of J.D. McKissick as everybody sprints to Ty Johnson as the clear cut early down back. I wouldn't be surprised if J.D. McKissick ends up being the more valuable one, at least for this week, when they're going to, in my opinion, be down and playing catch-up. All right, wide receivers, you're higher on. Kenny Stills kind of sliding into that number two role as Will Fuller. Uh, you know, Didn't we, earlier in the year, I feel like we had some sort of, I think it might have been on the roundtable conversation. Mm. Uh, we had C.J. on, we had Jimbo on, we might even had Duck on. And uh, you guys were debating Will Fuller. And I said, over under, uh, I want to say, eight and a half games played for Will Fuller. And all of you were like, oh, that's a really good question. And I, I think you all said over, and I pounded the under. 
Did we? Did, I would have never I'm taken pretty the sure. I could be. I don't remember what the number was. Maybe it was 10, 10 and a half or whatever. But I was just like, I don't care what it is. I'm going under. And here yeah. we go. Will Fuller's going to be out and, for a while. Kenny Stills is going to reap uh, you know, the benefits of that. You got him as your wide receiver, 25, nine spots higher than the experts. Playing against that vaunted Oakland defense that Aaron Rodgers used as his personal bitch um, yeah. <laughs> last week. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Will Fuller out again. Kenny Stills seems like not a bad option. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, he's he's their lid lifter now. It's obviously had some value when Deshaun Watson throws a great deep ball when he can buy that time and then flick it. And they've already flashed some decent deep ball chemistry. 105 yards on only four catches last week. We saw a 35-yard touchdown in week one. So we've seen signs of this. And now he is going to be that clear number two with, with Will Fuller removed from the offense. And he gets the second best wide receiver cornerback matchup according to Pro Football Focus. There's no way this guy doesn't catch at least one one deep touchdown this week. I think you're getting 120 and at least one score from Will Fuller. So if you picked him up on waiver wires, a great wide receiver three or flex to toss in a much higher than the experts on this guy. Um, Jamison Crowder against the Jags wide receiver 26, 12 spots above the experts. I, I kind of feel like you're taking this more because the experts are so low on him as opposed to like, mm-hmm. you think he's going to let him and they had him at their 38. I mean, I could certainly understand someone being skeptical of, oh, I don't know, Sam Darnold and one of his uh, top <laughs> receivers after the fiasco. I still think, though, I, as I said, I get how bad he was, but that's more of a product of the Patriots defense in my eyes than a product of Sam Darnold and who he really is. I look more at that Dallas game. I look more at that uh, Bills game. In both of those games, Jamison Crowder had a 35% target share. Uh, he scored 24 and 15.8 fantasy points, ranked as the wide receiver 12 and wide receiver 18 over those two weeks. So the fact that he's 38 with Anderson most likely to drop Bouye uh, and really no one else there. We saw Alex Erickson, some sort of creature, just had 14 targets and nine catches for 147 yards. There's no way Crowder, like, he's got more talent than fucking Alex Erickson. So if that guy can do it, I definitely think Crowder can get back to his target-churning, chain-moving ways uh, against this Jaguars defense for sure. I think that would be a great shirt, by the way. Um, Just said, like, more talent than Alex Erickson. (laughs) <laughs> I think anybody who wears it has right, that more like, talent. Well, yeah, probably so. Yeah. Um, I also just wanted yeah. to say we were talking about the Houston receivers. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you would agree, has not done much this year. I mean, he had a big first game and he had a good game last week. Do you know what number wide receiver he is PPR in the uh, on the season? He's probably still in your top, you know, eighteen, right? Like, he's is number he one, seven. Is he wide receiver, like, he's number seven. Is he really? Yeah, that's so insane to me. Like, that, so just, wide receivers just been shitty. Doesn't this he year, just huh? seem like, <laughs> like he's been awful? Yeah, and I guess wide receiver seven for him, like, and everyone's drafting him number one overall, is definitely a letdown. But like, well, hey, it, I thought it was going to be much. It just know, leads me to believe like he's going to be one or two by the end of the year. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I agree, too, especially with Fuller now uh, to more target share coming his way. Uh, we saw it last week. Yeah, that, that's the Hopkins we expected all year. The schedule is soft the rest of the year. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, number, Definitely no, a good stretch one coming. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tyler Boyd uh, playing the Rams. You got him as your wide receiver. Thirty six. That's 10 spots uh, lower than the experts. I can't imagine anybody thinks Tyler Boyd's going to do well, but I guess the experts kind of do. You are lower on 26. Yeah. Yeah. They come at 26. That's like a low end wide receiver too. Are you kidding me? Tyler Boyd. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I don't know what you mean. 
in his labs, let's listen to these stats. Five, five points, 23 points, three points, six points. What's the common denominator there? He had one blow up, three just absolutely abysmal duds. And in those duds was when he was drawing actually decent cornerbacks. That blow up against the Patrick Peterson-less Cardinals, which obviously they have no one that can cover anybody without Patrick Peterson. So then you look at Pittsburgh, they got Aiden, yeah, Humphreys on Baltimore, and now you got Bowie on uh, Tyler Boyd coming this week, he or, or last week, what I say, and now he gets Jalen Ramsey for the Rams. I mean, if he can't beat those other three, there's no way he's getting open against Jalen Ramsey. So this is going to be another one of those five to six point at best duds. No way he hits that 23 point ceiling that we, we saw a couple weeks ago. He, he, he just can't beat number one corners. He's just not that good. He's a great number two, but a terrible number one. He's not going to beat any of those corners, uh, especially not Jalen Ramsey this week. Now, speaking of people that uh, name recognition keep getting put at the top of these lists, Keenan Allen playing at the Bears. You got him as your wide receiver 18. The experts have him actually at number 10. Uh, there's not much to get excited about as, as far as anybody on the Chargers right now. Even Keenan Allen, who a month ago we was, were saying was like the best wide receiver in football. I mean, that was a month ago, and you look at the last month, it's just been abysmal. Since then, wide receiver 34, wide receiver 59, wide receiver 60, wide receiver 36 hasn't even approached 10 points over those four weeks, and that's all been since Melvin Gordon returned. Now, I don't know exactly why those two things would go hand-in-hand. Maybe they're trying to force-feed Gordon and get him involved more, and it's just kind of stymieing the offense and making him a slow, sluggish team. This team definitely looked more explosive when it was like the Eckler-Keenan Allen show, for sure. Uh, But against Chicago, who's given up the same Six fewest points to, to wide receivers. I don't see why we should expect a sudden resurgence. He wasn't getting it done, Keenan Allen, against the Dolphins, against the Steelers, who gave up the most points to slot receivers before they were facing Keenan Allen. If he can't get it done in those juicy plum spots, why is he going to get it done against this tough Chicago defense? All right. Hail Mary, Adam Humphreys, 5% owned versus the Bucks. You got him as your 47. That's 23 spots higher than the experts. They got him languishing at number 70. Uh, revenge game is all is all I'm hearing from this big Adam Humphreys matchup. Is that the buzz on the street? I love it. Yeah. Who, who could you be more terrified of than a steaming, beaming, vengeful Adam Humphreys coming down the, the, the walkway there with my quarterback stream of the week, uh, Ryan Daniel. Imagine Mayfield. that stack on draft game, just <laughs> striking the fear of God in your opponents right there. Uh, but maybe again, Tampa Bay, second most points to wide receivers. Plenty of those have been slot guys that have dominated them. So I really see a nice seven to eight catch, 80 yard floor. A lot of his value will come. Do we get the good Jameis Winston that can keep this game a back and forth contest or do they get up big and start pounding out the clock? That will determine how good these wide receivers play. But with everybody going to A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, I wouldn't be shocked if Adam Humphreys is the one that ends up having the biggest game of all these Titans receivers. I just referred to the buzz on the street on Adam Humphreys. Has there ever been a player that there's less street buzz about than Adam Humphreys? Probably not. He's probably no, – no, I've never heard much buzz on the street about Adam Humphreys. No. <laughs> it's like, yo, man, you see that no, Humphreys game? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Tight ends. Guy you're higher on than everyone else. Oh, my God. O.J. Howard playing the Titans. You got him as your tight end 11, six spots higher than the experts. Bite your tongue, Wolf. I, I just put it on here to hear your reaction, and you gave me exactly what I wanted. No, I, I really think if he's ever going to get it done here. He's not going to ever get it done. He's not going to get it done. He's It's like Josh Gordon, except he's worse. When you're – 
but this guy actually was putting up good seasons for the last two years because he's six five because he runs a faster 40 than Mike Evans I get that that has not come to fruition this year but we've seen him getting it done and I wouldn't be shocked if we get a nice spark stretch run here fresh off the bye they have some time to finally look at the tape and be like why the fuck are we not using this ultimate mismatch weapon that we've had and he gets the, the perfect type of matchups as they're watching tape because the tight ends have destroyed Tennessee the seventh most points in the position they've given up a touchdown per game to the position in the one game they didn't Austin Hooper I think like I've cited this stat like 18 times against on this podcast Hooper had 130 yards against him the one time they didn't give up a touchdown to tight ends and and so at right after that you get Seattle giving up the fourth most points to tight ends and then Arizona the first most so if he's ever going to come into value it's this three game slate he can get his ball rolling here I've seen him on a ton of waiver wires including my leagues because I hate cut him in a bunch of them but I think this is the week he finally finds the end zone and maybe sparks a little stretch run value here all right, lower. Greg Olson playing at at the 49ers, tight end 29 spots lower than the experts. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like this matchup at all. What's there to like? San Fran's a race tight ends. There hasn't been a single good game against the team from the tight end position. And since Arizona, which, of course, as we say, get destroyed by tight ends each and every week, Olsen's put up exactly two, zero, and seven half-point fantasy points. And that includes matchups like Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, useless. So I'm not expecting much from this entire offense at all against this. I think the San Fran defense is very for real, and I don't think Olsen does anything against them. All right, Hail Mary, John U. Smith against the Bucks, tight end 10, 30 spots higher than the experts, tight end 40. Rare that you see anybody come in at tight end 40 who actually plays in the NFL, but there you go. Why do you like John U. Smith? I imagine he's ranked lower because they they still are thinking Delaney Walker might play or what is it, but all the routine leaves suggest Delaney Walker will be out this week. And Tampa Bay giving up the second most points to tight ends. He had three for 64 last week, John U. Smith. Very athletic guy, big body, and definitely a decent bet to score against this pathetic Tampa Bay defense. So uh, you could do a lot worse if you got nobody right now. I think he's a decent dart throw for sure. All right, we're hitting the mailbag. Steven Gershlock, PPR League. We got Erickson, A.J. Brown, if already starting Davis, or P. Williams. I don't even know what the hell this guy's talking about. Are we talking about Preston, Al- well, yeah. Alex Erickson, the <laughs> yeah, guy we just talked about? Yeah, raving about 14 targets last week. I think that's where I lean. What now, the hell kind Brown, of league what? is this guy in where he's got to start one of these guys? I think I he's mean, one of Jimmy's buddies, too. Maybe Jimmy's just scouring everybody off the way. I mean, my teams are, are unspeakably terrible, and I'm not having to make any decisions like this. No, that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's as bad as they come. But if you're already playing Corey Davis, how could you ever start two Titans? Now, AJ Brown would be my preferred option. You want to here, really load up on have, that Titans offense, definitely. I, I, I seriously, as I said, I wouldn't be shocked if it's. Humphreys is the best wide receiver out of those Titans guys. So for me, I got to go chase those 14 targets. I can't play Preston Williams against Buffalo, who's given up the third lowest points to wide receivers. Uh, I, I go Erickson and just hope for another 10 plus target day. All right, Neil has a few questions for us. Uh, Juju, uh, Curtis Samuel, or Royce Freeman next week in the flex? Man, Juju has just fallen from grace, huh? He, he has, and yet when you actually look at the game logs, our guy Ian Harditz had a nice uh, tweet here. He's no longer that locked-in top seven wide receiver. But <laughs> that's he's for like sure. Wide receiver, that, that's for sure. But he's with Mason Rudolph, his game logs were like wide receiver 21, wide receiver you know 60, like a horrible game, and then wide receiver 17. So he's kind of sneakily preserved wide receiver two value, and now he gets Miami. So it's like any team that he could have a wide receiver one performance, it's going to be them. So when you got 
Samuel against San Fran, when you have Royce Freeman, we already talked about why we're lower on him. You got to just toss in Juju and hope for his biggest game of the season. Also, the rare kicker question Sly or Prater? Wow. Do you think I'm ever going to say anyone other no, than Sly? I'm not going to say anybody with Joey Sly. Come on, give me a break. God, no. Terrible question. Uh, and then we got Kirk or Teddy Bridgewater. Kind of, I mean, I gotta go you got to go Kirk. Got to go Kirk, right? Top quarterback rating in the NFL. Yeah, top quarterback rating, revenge game narrative, and plus, if Drew Brees plays, then Bridgewater is completely useless. All right, Sweet T wants to know: Give Waller and James White and receive Josh Jacobs. He has Hunter Henry too, which makes it more appealing. I would say I do my best to try to get it down to Hunter Henry and James White to get Josh Jacobs because Waller has just been that complete difference maker. He's not only seeing the volume we saw of Jared Cook, but he's that much more of an athletic freak. He is the the truly difference making tight end, the George Kittle of last year. And I think, I mean, he might be my number one tight end now with you know Kelsey dealing with a banged up Mahomes. I don't know who I'd rather have, maybe just Kittle at this point than Darren Waller. Uh, Zach Mullings has a long ass question here. Uh, two Should we di- just ignore this one? This is too fucking long. All right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Kiz, Kiz, uh, Shady, Christian Kirk, Manny Sanders, or Auden Tate for my last flex, half PPR. I was also offered Zach Ertz and T.Y. Hilton for my Tyler Lockett, and I <laughs> love the guy. So the idea makes me sad, but I have to take that deal, right? My tight end is Stream slash Chris Herndon currently. Yeah, so for the flex, we'll start there before we get to the trade. I'd go Shady facing Green Bay, fifth most points to running backs. He's the one guy out of Green Bay that's seen about 50% of the snaps these last few weeks. The one guy that's been consistent enough to trust against a bad Green Bay run D. I go Shady over those other shaky wide receiver options. You know, I love Manny Sanders rest of the season, but first game with the Niners is asking for a you know a little bit too much in my opinion. And then I got uh, Chris Herndon if that's just your tight end and that's pretty damn weak. Yeah, I, I think Lockett and Hilton aren't too far off. And I get Zach Ertz has been as embarrassing as can be, especially if you burned a second or third round pick on the guy. But right now you're buying as low as possible. I think he regresses. If not to that level that we were used to Zach Ertz, at least somewhat close. I know Dallas Goddard's ascensions really hurt him. I know they've added a ton of wide receiver weapons, but I think Ertz, the best is yet to come for this guy. So I think that brings a nice, tight, uh, stable tight end to your roster, and you don't drop off all that much at Hilton. Though I will say Lockett's schedule in these last, next coming weeks is as gorgeous as it gets. So, I mean, you're going to watch this guy blow up for a few weeks. Ultimately, though, long term, I think that deal has to be done. Yes. All right. Joel Curry wants to know pick one, full PPR league. Kenny still versus Oakland or Golden Tate at Detroit, Jameson Crowder at Jacksonville. One of those guys. Tate, Crowder, still. I love all three of them. In full point PPR, I do think I lean Golden Tate. I love the blow-up potential of Stills here, but Golden Tate's kind of a lock for at least six catches. Another revenge game narrative. You know, I can't avoid those. Love those those revenge Um, games. uh, gotta love him and Darius Slay gonna be out for Detroit they're, they're out there their second corner as well I really think this is the the big game for Danny Dimes to resurge I think Golden Tate's a big part of that all right finally release the Kraken half point PPR pick two of these guys Kenny Stills Robbie Anderson are you fucking kidding me Brandon Cooks <laughs> DJ Moore two of them I got to go Stills as my, my clear top option there. And then, I, as you said, with Robbie Anderson, I can't go that guy with Sam Darnold looking as shitty as he did with Boye probably covering him. So I think I'd go Cooks here. DJ Moore yep. getting that San Fran D. I don't love starting anybody against them. So give me Cooks. Give me Stills. I agree on that one. All right. That's going to do it. Um, anything you want to talk about before we take off, Wolf? 
course, you can find me at Roto Street Wolf, and our website is rotostreetjournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves. Thanks for tuning into the Fantasy Fullback Dive, where we paved that path to 2019 titles. Uh, you can find our other stuff. The one social I want to make sure everyone tries to follow is our Facebook, where we do all our live broadcasts. Our Sunday tailgate has picked up some tons of steam this year. We want to beat our 250 comment record from like week five. It still hasn't been topped. So come on down to the tailgate, have a drink with us, um, and get all your sit start questions answered there and uh, we have a, a dfs show tomorrow as well if you enjoy dfs me and jimbo we've been in the money the two weeks so if you've been listening you would have won these last two weeks a little bit of money for the wallet. not millionaires yet but definitely padding the wallets a little bit so tune on into me and jimbo's picks for uh for this week of daily fantasy uh we'd love to have you join the pod and if you like what you hear i saw we're up to you know 53 reviews and i think we're yeah. at 4.9 that's a lot so that's not bad. We're picking up a little bit of review steam here, and I like that. So it means the world to us if you're listening and you like what you hear. If we've given you any advice that's helped you out, uh, give us that review. Give us any, any words we can improve on, anything like that. It means the world to hear from you guys. All right. Couldn't have said it any better myself. My name is Nat The Truth Jones. And I'm The Wolf. Later, guys. See ya. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.